welcome to the People Around Town Community Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Michael Cropper, and I'm really happy to bring you this podcast. My purpose is to connect with people from all backgrounds and let them share a little of their story. Everyone has a story to tell. Everyone has a life worth living, and we can all create more joy in our lives. I want to hear other stories so we can learn from each other. If you are interested in sharing about yourself, please go to peoplearoundtown.com and send me a message. Today's conversation is with Craig Rayner. I've learned a lot from Craig in the time I've known him, especially from Craig's way of being. And I learned even more here in this conversation. I hope you will benefit like I have from some key lessons Craig shared about his life during this portion of our conversation at the Coffee Hub. Thank you, Craig, for sharing about your life. Enjoy the listen. Okay, I'm here with Craig. Craig, thanks for being willing to be on this People Around Town community podcast. Well, thanks. First, I want to know a little about yourself. Where are you from originally? What brought you to this area? Okay. Born in New Jersey. Um, Northwestern New Jersey, about 33 miles northwest of Manhattan, and uh, was born and raised there. And uh, actually, happy that I'm from that part of the country. Yeah, why? Um, I find that people on the East Coast are a little bit more um, direct. Okay. More less fluff. Interesting. And I moved from New Jersey to California in 1990. <coughs> How I got there, I can explain, but um, how I got here is probably going to coincide with one of the difficult times of my life. Um, I've always been interested in, um, in cars, and back in 1986, I think, um, was kind of my first experience with uh, self-awareness or any type of personal growth, and uh, I attended a... Um, LifeSpring seminar, basic training. Um, cool. And I've never heard of that LifeSpring. It's very similar to SciWorld, and I think you've probably heard of EST, kind of along the same lines. It's just uh, personal responsibility, basically, is the best that I can describe it. But what it does is the it's an experiential experiential type of learning. Okay. So, excuse me, it's not didactic where someone is standing in front of you and telling you stuff and then you repeat it back. It's basically discovering things about myself that I learned through different exercises about with other people. Okay. Feedback from them and just made me take a look at my life. And I think for the first time in my life, I realized I had choice that I could really choose to do something instead of just kind of going with a flow. Like How old were you? It was probably when I was... 28, I think, okay. you know, that I realized that I could really go, all right, I want to go here and be able to go there and do what I set out to do. Yeah. I think before that, I was just kind of, I don't know. Um, that's kind of when we find it, I think, a lot of times. Yeah, but that was kind of the start of my, um, from that point, that was kind of the start of my quest towards <laughs> doing actually what I'm doing now, which is working with classic cars. Oh, okay. So cool. it was through that, um, through that experience that I had, and then I got really involved with 
the company. They had a basic training, which was, you know, <clears throat> two nights and a weekend. And then they had an advanced course, which was like a full seven days. Like This was all for day. classic cars? This, no, this was for Lifespring. I'm going okay. back to how I realized that I could okay. have a choice and point towards yeah. my passion, which is classic cars. Okay. And so... <clears throat> After I gotten, because it's all kind of tied together, my involvement with LifeSpring and the relationships and the people that I met within LifeSpring is what actually brought me to to California. But I'll back up a little bit. Okay. That's why it's kind of all interrelated. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so I realized I had I, I I did a lot with LifeSpring. I did all the trainings and then I volunteered as a person on staff and as a, a senior like in a leadership program and. And then got to know a lot of people in the city office and that type of thing. So, um, right after that, I, I'm right. I'm gonna open my own business. I'm gonna start restoring classic cars. Back in '86, and I was just okay. like, I had a garage, had no heat, and, um, had a phone, no electricity, but phone. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I made it about. I don't know, about a year or so, and I worked with investors, got some money from investors, and turned around some cars. I did a 57 Chevy convertible, a 63 Jag XK convertible, and I did the cars. The investors sometimes were a little bit, one investor was a little bit patient. Make a long story short, not that it has to be short, but um, it didn't exactly work out as far as what I wanted, and I ended up going into the, into the car industry, into the dealership industry of selling cars which was not exactly what I exactly thought it was uh -huh. but I did that for a number of years um, and so after I did this training and wrote my own business and things were kind of going along and um, I ended up actually getting a job with I went to a wedding with the city manager of LifeSpring, and he was marrying one of the trainers from LifeSpring. And they were actually going to this company, Psy Seminars, which was very similar to LifeSpring. Uh -huh. And it was headquartered in San Rafael. <clears throat> so anyway, um, I ended up going uh, to a wedding that he, he was marrying. This woman and we were, you know, I remember we were down and we took a bus up to uh, Atlantic City from Washington because that's where the wedding was and I ended up partying with the CEO of Psy Seminars, an owner like me and anyway, they, off, they uh, after that I met them all, I met the owner of the company who was a woman, Jane Wilhite, and uh, they liked me, I liked them and they flew me out to Northern California that year to kind of sit in on a, one of their trainings. Okay, for size seminars. Right. Okay. <clears throat> and so then I interviewed and um, that's how I got to California. Basically, that they offered me the job. I was going to be a trainer for them. And uh, so I they paid for my move from New Jersey. You know, I, I owned a house. My dad kind of took it over and uh -huh. rented it out. <clears throat> we ended up selling it. But so that's how I got to California. I took a job with size seminars to be a trainer. Okay. And then I was uh, in Northern California in Tiburon and, uh, and uh, basically working for them. I was in a trainer body, this and that, and a whole different positions. And 
during that time, I also um, came down with thyroid cancer, but I'll probably save that for the next question. Oh, dang. Anyway, I handled that, and then um, the company wasn't really doing well, and I don't think I was really doing well in the position I was in. And when I look back at things, I can see how things didn't quite work out. But anyway, what happened is they transferred me down to Southern California to work with this gentleman down in Southern California, L.A. area at one of their offices after that ordeal. And, <clears throat> and after, after the thyroid cancer. Right. Okay. So <clears throat> I moved down there, rented a room and started working for them. And uh, this was probably on October or so. And then I remember going back home to New Jersey for Christmas and then coming back. And as soon as I got back, they, they laid me off. So it was kind of a very strange experience to be fired by a company that <clears throat> is all about personal growth and do, doing your passion and all that kind of stuff. And I kind of felt I was messed with a little bit with that company. Okay. Even my good friend that is was a trainer for them would would have agreed. But anyway, um, and I ended up being in L.A. for about 12 years. Okay. And that was probably, <clears throat> at that time, I was just like, you know, fuck this personal growth stuff, you know? Yeah, I moved all the way 3,000 miles to take a job here and leave Northern California yeah. to ask me to Southern California. And by I, this time, you had, how long had it been since you moved? A year, one year. A year. Right. And, then, and then that's when they kicked you out, is yep. after a year of being in the company. Um, yeah. Okay. And then the company kind of, it's still being run, but a little bit differently. And um, a lot of people that I know have left. You know, the people that I knew that were there, yeah. they'd all left. And then I would say that during that time, that 12 years in L.A., I was, I would probably call it my non-responsible time. I was just yeah. doing whatever I wanted to do, whatever made me happy, partying, whatever. I, You know, and I was ended up being in the car industry and okay. being a car salesman. And it just... Uh, it was an interesting time, and in uh, 2000, and a little bit before that, my sister contracted cancer, and um, and she passed in 2000, and um, that was probably a major turning point in how I got to this area of the country. Um, so I was living in like Mid Wilshire area, and I remember I was selling Porsches and. Beverly Hills, and it's kind of what I was doing, and then all of a sudden, boom, you know, my sister got cancer, and she was gone within, I don't know, probably like 16 months of when she contracted it. Dang. What kind of cancer? Um, I don't even know the name of it. I just, <clears throat> I know that it started in her lungs, and uh, she was a smoker, but they said it wasn't a smoker's gene okay. that caused it, but anyway, she had been watching this growth and it had been shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and she never got a biopsy and then it just metastasized and kind of just pff, blew apart and so it was good though be I, not good that she had cancer but good in that my relationship with her at that time was good and I visited her a couple times and okay. like that from California so so that was that was all good but that really made me think about a lot of things in life again where I don't think I was when I was down in LA, so 
<clears throat> so I have a classic Mustang, a 1968 classic Mustang. I've owned it for 22 years. And it was actually during that time that my sister passed that that was my therapy that I rebuilt the engine it. in my Mustang and okay. kind of just, I was planning on doing it and it, the timing just happened that it just, right after I got back from New Jersey, after she passed, I just dove into it, went to work, went down to the basement, drank beer, smoked pot till I couldn't open, stand my eyes open anymore, go to sleep, but I would be thinking, you know, what Life is short. I remember I was down in the garage in that apartment building just thinking and thinking that the fuck, life is so short. And I just lost my sister and here I am in L.A. and I don't want to be in L.A. and I'm in this job I really don't want to be in and what do I want to do? Like, what do I want to do? You know, just start asking myself that question when I was down there after, night after night. Yeah. And I decided that, you know, I'd always, I never really did anything official, but I'd always been working on cars and always been mechanical. I decided that I didn't want to be in LA anymore. I wanted to be back in Northern California and that I wanted to have an auto shop. I wanted to have my own auto shop. Yeah. And uh, through a series of events, it was very serendipitous how I found the shop that I ended up buying in Petaluma. Um, I could tell you that story too, but if you want to get into your other questions, we might not have enough time. but. Um, but I bought a shop in, in Petaluma, in uh, Northern California, <clears throat> and moved. Okay. And I was in a relationship at the time. It was kind of on again, off again. We were engaged. She'd take the engagement ring off. It was just, it was, I didn't even know she was going to move, you know, up with me to the last minute. Um, but she did. She moved up with you. She did. And it didn't last. It didn't last. So, but... So how I got here is so I basically, I, I bought a shop, I ran it for 12 years, again, I don't know, it's a 12-year thing. Um, I ran it for 12 years, and during that time I met my now wife, Kim, and um, met her down in the Bay Area, and uh, fell in love with her quick, and uh, she ended up moving in with me, and we've experienced a bunch of things since she's been with me. I've uh, been together since... April Fool's Day of 2011 was our first date. So, okay. Very interesting. And so, um, so I was living in Petaluma, actually living in a suburb of Petaluma, having my auto shop. And, um, <clears throat> and at the same time, my, my fiance at the time was, we have a, uh, her son was living with uh, her ex or soon to be ex up in Truckee. And, she went up and visited him because he had an accident. Um, cut his ankle open on some at a work site and was helping a friend move or something. And uh, it was a pretty bad cut. And she went up to take care of him for a couple weeks. And through that experience, she realized that she didn't want to be where she was and want to be closer to her son. And okay. came home from that experience and was very intentional and said to me that she wanted to live in Truckee. She's going to move to Truckee and that I can come with her or not. My choice. Okay. So, and we were already engaged and I thought about things and decided that it would be a good time to sell my business and, and do something else. Okay. So I did. I had a guy that was interested in my business and uh, we worked a deal out and he bought my business and 
uh, we ended up moving to Truckee for a year from there. And then I, I'm not sure if you know, then I, I opened up a restoration shop in Sparks. Okay. And uh, um, Sierra Classic Cars, and that lasted for about 14 months. I did a nice car, 53, and it was fun and good while it lasted, and it was hard to really make a whole lot of money okay. at it. And so from there, I kind of... Um, Reno's not a huge place. It was hard to break in as far as a business owner in okay. that in that industry. It's a very niche industry. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it was a good experience, and I met a lot of people, and uh, actually knew about the place I work at now through that experience because I visited them once to see what kind of operation they had since they were in classic cars. And I did some service work, service writing work. I sold cars for a while. I did a bunch of things after um, that didn't work in Sparks, that shop. And then finally I got this position um, that I have now working with classic cars for over a year as a service manager in this organization. And I love my job. So that's how I got here to answer your question. Okay. Good opportunity for me. Yeah, and something I, my passion. I get to work with all these great cars and stuff. So okay, yeah, that's awesome. I think so. good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you love your job. I am too. Thank you for sharing all that. It sounds like the death of your sister really sparked a lot in your life, <clears throat> and uh, I'm grateful to to hear that, to like see that part of you in your life in your past. Um, I'm seeing that in other people, just a death, you know, of a loved one, reminding them to make the most of their life. So sometimes realizing that death happens is one of the most important things we can realize to make the most of our life. Yeah, I, I agree. <clears throat> I've had a lot of loss in my life, I think, with the people I've lost. Yeah. So. How about your thyroid cancer? How, I mean... You made it through it. You, you're here. <laughs> uh, it was a, another interesting story. It's when I was, you know, uh, I don't know, probably my early 20s, late teens, early 20s. <clears throat> I noticed that I had a little growth here in my, my throat, kind of right above my collarbone. Okay. And at that time, I was wearing ties, and so it was kind of right at my neckline, and so it was, I just knew it was there, but didn't yeah. really know much about it. The ties I, are probably what gave it to you. Those are so unhealthy to wear. The what? Ties. <laughs> <laughs> no one should wear ties. There you go. Well, I got a bunch of them in my closet. I don't wear them anymore. <laughs> Good. Thank gosh. Um, so, uh, my childhood doctor said... I'm like, what is this? He goes, oh, it's just, you know, some type of a growth. Don't worry about it. You know, unless it changes dramatically or something. Very difficult to tell if something on your body changes that's growing slowly or yeah. that type of thing. And so when I worked for Sci Seminars, I went and did a course called the Men's Leadership Seminar, which is an 11-day course from people all around the globe. It was a really cool experience. Okay. And... There was a number of requirements to do before you went to the course, and one of them was to get a um, Flight 3 FAA physical, which is kind of what you have to do before you become a pilot. So they check a lot of stuff. And that was a requirement to do before the course, so I went and got that done. And the doctor at that time noticed it, and he asked me, well, what is this? And I said, well, nothing to worry about, you know, it's just a growth. You know? and 
Yeah. So he looked at me and he said, well, have you ever heard of thyroid cancer? And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? And so he kind of explained to me and what was going on. And I mean, you weren't having any symptoms at that point, or no? There's no. I don't think so. Okay. I mean, it was just it was a you know a tumor that was cancerous, basically. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, I don't know. I think I don't know why. I, you know, New Jersey has a lot of radiation. If you buy a house in New Jersey, you have to get it radon tested. It has to be below a certain, like, percolaries or the measurement. You actually have people of, having problems with radon out there? I think so. I mean, I think that's, okay. you know, that's what I would say. Would I don't know. That's my theory anyway. Because my sister got cancer. I got cancer. My mom just passed of cancer. Uh-huh. So, um, but anyway, I didn't really believe that I had cancer at the time and so I went and got a biopsy and oh it's cancerous I'm like oh still didn't believe it went and got a second opinion we biopsy it and so when the second opinion came back that it was cancerous then I, I that's when I got scared it wasn't until then that I was like oh shit you know? yeah. Although, what they're telling me, the doctors, the thyroid cancer is 97% curable. It's okay. one of the best cancers to have if you're going to have cancer, okay. so to speak. Um, and so I remember that. Um, I remember it very well. So you got your thyroid removed? Right. Okay. So, so have you been on like a thyroid medication since then? Yeah, yeah, but let me explain my my experience up and through that because I think that's noteworthy. Um, <clears throat> so one of the exercises uh, in Psy seminars um, is called the screen of the mind. Okay. And what it is is that you close your eyes and, and just have this imaginary screen in your vision with your eyes closed, and then you just put on that screen like everything that's happening in your life. Okay. All the stuff that's going on good or bad, just, you know. And then after you got that out, you blank the screen out. And then you put on the screen what you want to have happen in your life and what you want to see. And um, I remember after work driving up to Mount Tam, I was in San Rafael, Mount Tam is right there. I drive up there and I do this process, like, I don't know, every night, a lot. And uh, after a while, I heard these words, everything's going to be all right now, those exact words. Didn't really think anything of it at the time. And then um, when my operation came, it was a long operation, about six hours. The thyroid is not, you know, just like an encapsulated type of thing that you can just pull out. It has some fibrous, like, legs that will reach around to the back of your vocal cords, so there was a chance... I might not have been able to speak if it was advanced enough right. as far as that goes. So okay. that, was a, that was a concern as well. And uh, so I don't remember the operation, thank God. But I do remember in the ICU, first words I said from some nurse was, everything's going to be all right now. Those exact words that I heard. And I believe it was true. That's awesome. So... But that was that was a tough experience to go through. As yeah. Well. Yeah. For sure. Um, what was? The, sounds like there was a lot of fear. Was that the toughest thing? Yeah. 
It's a lot of fear. How did you deal with that fear? How did you cope with it? I just... You were doing your personal work, you know, you had... I just tried not to think about it as much as I could, busy with other stuff, okay. you know. But, you know, from the time that... I didn't have a long time by the time that it was discovered to the time that I had it out. It wasn't like this long amount of time that I had to deal with it. It was pretty much, okay, let's get it out, you know. Right. And then it was scheduled, so I don't remember that time being like, you know, months and months. If it was, it was a month or something. It wasn't. It yeah. wasn't a long period of time. Yeah, but so your coping I, was just. I was just stay busy, not think about it. Yeah, basically just do that process, and you know, just. I mean, yeah. there's nothing I could do that would make it any better, except right. mentally what I could think and what I could. Right. Um, it's interesting because I just went to the UNR clinic and they ordered a an ultrasound for my throat because I said, have you ever had an ultrasound? You know, do you know if you have any thyroid tissue left? And, and I did have one, you know, years ago when it happened, but mm -hmm. not since, so. But I don't, I don't think I have anything to worry about. Yeah. So, Craig, um, what brings you the most joy in your life? The most joy? Well, I would say when everything, when things are, I don't know, <clears throat> the most joy. I think that I experience joy in spurts for little things give sure. me joy. Yeah, you sure. You know, I mean, who gives me the most joy is probably, you know, having sex with my wife when everything is awesome. Sure. Having a great intimate experience, but um, what gives me joy, I mean, um, I don't know, seeing clarity like today, right? Like right after it rained, I mean, that gave there's, me joy. There's um, some joy for, for sure. I gives me joy when it's hot in the shower and I open the door and get that cool breeze. That gives me joy. Sure. Um, you know, melted M&Ms. <laughs> I mean, little things, I think little things um, that I enjoy that I try not to take for granted give me joy. Mm -hmm. not in the big picture, I don't think that I... I don't think I live in the like the joy state, but I think that things give me joy throughout you find the day. Things throughout, throughout your life, throughout the day, right. just little things. And give some you joy. days, there's probably there's less joy than others. Yeah. So. Yeah. How do you think you can create a life with more of that? Mm. You've done a lot of personal work. I'm just curious if you have like some thoughts and. How do you allow more of that into, how do we allow more of that into it's our lives? It's just the, you know, more that I can, you know, love myself is really, you know, I know, I mean, the more content I can be with myself, I mean, if I'm looking for external things for uh -huh. that, it's, I think it could be disappointing, but, um, I think just doing the things that, that, I don't know, it's kind of a paradox. Doing the things that bring you joy equals joy, right? So what brings me joy? Classic cars bring me joy, you know? I get to work and people come to my work and they go, oh my God, you get to work here? And I'm like, yeah, I do, you know? <laughs> so, um, so that I think that just, you know, doing what, doing what you feel free doing that you want to do. Um, not feeling 
forced or but there are times that I do force myself that it brings me joy you know like having discipline brings me joy being disciplined to go to the gym brings me joy that you sure. know I didn't turn out to be some big fat person because it, it meant something to me in my 20s yeah. to do something that would prevent me from from becoming someone I didn't want to be later in life yeah so I've been so it brings me joy that I'm somewhat structured that I will you know do things you know like go to gym go to work go to gym come home blah 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 yeah do that um awesome well thank you Craig I really appreciate understanding your life hearing more about you I didn't know any of that so I really appreciate that alright anything else uh not unless there's anything else you want to add no, I'm, I'm good. Oh, I think that. <clears throat> I think one thing that shaped me a lot that, um, and that you didn't, I don't think I had time to answer the question as far as difficult times that I've had to go sure. through. And it's in my life, it seems to have been a lot of loss, a lot of death. Um, my sister was the first in my family to go, and uh -huh. she died when she was 44. Yeah. And that was difficult. And then the guy that sold me my business. I'm kind of weird the way that whole thing went down, but that's a, for another podcast. I'm going to probably fill up another 45 minutes of that story. But I met him, and he was selling his business because he had cancer. And I was buying a business because I was... The catalyst for that was my sister's death. So it was kind of a weird, interrelated thing. And I got really close to this guy, okay. David, who taught me a lot. And then um, I lost my dad. And then um, just recently, I lost my mom. So it's just been, it's been tough. I think that the, um, my mom passed August 1st last year. And I think, I think that was the toughest, not the toughest aftermath, just realizing that, you know, I'm the last one in my family. Uh -huh. You know, like I don't have a sister that I can share childhood memories that was there. I don't have a mother I could talk to about memories that I shared with her growing up or my dad. And so it's just, um, it's sad in that a lot of those memories will just, will just pass when I pass unless I can, you know, share with something, someone that you've gone through an experience with has a deeper feeling for me than sharing like for me to tell you about an experience you weren't there you didn't experience it sure. so i think that that's the biggest loss of the losses i've had is not being able to share those memories obviously they live inside of me um and just realizing my own mortality being that i'm the, the last yeah. last one in my family so um i hear you i think uh with experiences is uh you can make new ones. You know, you have your family right now, you have people in your life. Um, and I think for me, it's about continuing to, to be open to make new experiences with new people. Um, I like to, you know, my friends are my family, you know, become part of my family. And creating situations where we can grow together or we can experience things together um, because everything comes back into our lives in new forms I think so even the people that I lose 
they show up or their love or that energy shows up in my life in another way. No, I agree. You know? I, I believe me. I mean, there are many times that I hear things coming out of my mouth that I'm like, that's exactly something my dad would say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it just gives me joy inside. It gives me a little chuckle. I'm like, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so I agree with you. I, I do believe these people do live on in certain ways within me or in different experiences that I do have. In, in some way yeah so I definitely do believe that they're yeah. not gone 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 in the physical sense right not in the spiritual sense right so thank you yeah thanks for interviewing well thanks for being on this I really have enjoyed hearing your story so alright thanks Greg okay that's it for this episode of the people around town community podcast Thank you for taking the time to listen to someone else's story. Feel free to subscribe on iTunes, love it, leave a review, or go to peoplearoundtown.com and leave a comment. I would love to hear from you. Have an awesome day.